Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Medicare annual election period deadline is coming soon. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who found the key to the right coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online. I took my time and found the best Medicare Advantage plan for me at MyHealthPolicy.com. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plan, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com. And finally, Michael. I prefer face-to-face, so I chose MyHealthPolicy.com and enrolled on the spot. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. MyHealthPolicy.com. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call. What's up, everybody, on the Collider podcast feed? Lots of uh, changes and news for you guys. So if you're listening to this, look, here's how it goes. Movie Talk's pretty easy. Movie Talk, you got Movie Talk five days a week. You got Mailbag on Saturday and Sunday. And Afterthoughts, the Collider Afterthoughts with Jay Williams and Snelling. That is also on the Collider Movie Talk feed. Collider Heroes, you got that twice a week. John Schnepp breaking down everything in the latest and greatest in the world of comic book movies. Check that out. Two days a week, make sure you subscribe to Collider Heroes. Collider Jedi Council, I am on that every week talking Star Wars. Go to the feed, Collider Jedi Council, and get that. Now, we also have my show, One-on-One with Christian Harloff. I have long-form interviews with people breaking it down and just having conversations about everything going on in their lives. Go and uh, check that feed out. But the two things I really want to talk to you guys about today are Collider, uh, the Collider Factory. Collider Factory is something where we are, we put all these shows in there for you guys. If you're listening to them, we look at the downloads and we say, wait a minute, maybe eventually this thing can have its own feed. But right now, the three things, we have some great shows in there if you go to the Collider Factory. We have the Collider.com podcast by Matt Goldberg and Adam Chitwood. Um, the guys from Collider.com have give you their unique takes on the world of film and things going on inside of it. Collider Body Slam. Collider Body Slam is our wrestling podcast. John Roca, Aaron Turner, and special guests come in. Sometimes it's Jay Washington, it's myself, and we break down the world of what's going on in WWE, NXT, other things happening in the world of professional wrestling. That's a really fun show, and that's in Collider Factory. But the big news here, Collider Factory is now going to be the home of the Movie Trivia Schmodown. That's right, two days a week, our popular movie trivia show with a hint of the WWE aspect to it. That will be on the Collider Factory feed. Go there, and if you want to get it, do that. And after the the show, the Schmodown Rundown, Frank Janish and Brad Gilmore will also now live in that feed. So make sure the Collider Factory is your destination for all those fun shows. Last time, Body Slam, Collider.com, the Schmodown and the Schmodown Rundown, all on the Collider Factory feed. It's a lot of fun stuff for you guys to digest on your work, on your ride to work or at the gym. Do it and let the English see you do it. That's from Braveheart. What's up, Sweaties? You're watching episode 239 of Collider Heroes. It's a Wednesday. This week, we're going to talk about Avengers Infinity War. No spoilers. We're going to talk about Venom, the trailer that just dropped, and we're going to get back into Deadpool 2. That's right, man. You better be watching this. We're getting really sweaty right now. That's right. It's Collider Heroes. <laughs> Woo! We can't talk about Avengers Infinity War. What I want to say, we got Koi, we got Marquia, and all of us were doing a non-spoiler Avengers War. Avengers Infinity War non-spoiler trailer. It's up on Collider right now. You can watch it. It's literally us talking about what our feelings were about seeing the film. So if you want to get into that, check it out. We don't reveal anything about any of the characters, any of the storylines, but our overall feelings about the film. So 
Um, I'll just spoiler. It's a positive. So you know, that's the only, <laughs> the only spoiler that you get on this episode about Avengers Infinity War. But we really got into it for 20 minutes. We really couldn't. It was very, very difficult to actually talk about not talking about specific things that happen in the film. But as a little preview, let's get a little bit into it. We've seen the movie. Uh, we did the non-spoiler review. It's up, so you watch us in the same clothes because we recorded it yesterday. <laughs> no, just figure it out. We don't have the time, Jim. So um, what worked? What didn't? What were your feelings overall? Coy, let's start with you. Overall positive. Overall shocked. Overall exhausted. Overall uh, feeling like... We talked about how it is the end of a, a phase and where it, it, it brings us to after 18 movies. We've talked about how that, that feels. And it was a movie that made me realize I was thirsty and it was the water that I wanted to drink that I didn't know I was thirsty for. Right. It's a brand new kind of water. Yeah. yeah. Like I'd, I'd never had yeah. Fiji. And yeah. all of a sudden I'm like, oh. Yeah. This is a different kind of water. <laughs> Where did this come water. from? Yeah. Like, never uh, had coconut water. I was like, I you discovered coconut coconut chocolate water. coconut water. Markia, I'm a fan of it. What, yeah. what, what kind of water was this? <laughs> oh, this, this was like supercharged uh, coconut coconut water slash kombucha mm, about it <laughs> so it it clears you nicely balances everything out and tastes great hell yeah yeah but avengers infinity war dude wow okay it was everything that you needed it to be and all the things that you didn't know that you needed it to be mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. what this was it yes it was a a, a conclusion of an era Mm-hmm. It was the Marvel era. And it feels like there's even more that can be done after mm-hmm. this. Agreed. And that's the thing. It quenches that thirst while leaving you hungry for more. Definitely. Like I'm going to say dealer. Avengers Infinity War has those electrolytes. It's what plants crave <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. So get on the ball. Watch that movie that I'm quoting. And also definitely see Infinity War as soon as humanly possible. It's Wednesday. Okay? You could see it tonight. You'll definitely could see it Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, maybe even Sunday. But come back for Heroes next week because we're doing a full-on spoiler wreck fest. We're going to talk nothing but about Avengers Infinity War because <laughs> it's chock full of goodness that we can't wait to talk about and share with you and hear your opinions on it too. So, I mean, I can say that this is the culmination of the first three phases in such a positive and amazing way. I cannot help but like say the Russo brothers are geniuses along with Marcus and McFeely and Kevin Feige for taking what uh, I never thought was possible by taking all these characters Mm -hmm. and forming that team of the Avengers, making a feature film of that, then making an Ant-Man movie and having that be just as successful and carrying through with all these different movies to culminate with something like this, which is the ultimate, this is like Crisis on Infinite Earths. Mm -hmm. This is, is truly like Secret Wars. This is like all those kinds of giant event films that were never made because you only read them in comic books. These are the things that if you read comics, you're kind of used to, but you're like, you're never gonna see that on the big screen. (laughs) Well, it just happened. And it's called Avengers Infinity War, and that's all I'm gonna say, because otherwise I'm gonna wanna freak out and start talking about it, (laughs) and I'm gonna go crazy. Lock me up. All right, Roka, I'm not saying it. We're moving on. Venom! We can talk about it. We can talk about it. We can talk <laughs> about it. Something we can talk about. Woo! Second trailer, man. That arrived. Nice. A bunch of people were throwing leaked. Thank you, all the leakers. Appreciate uh-huh. it. Just a, just, I, yeah, it. Hey, look, normally I'm like, don't leak that shit. But you know what? I was appreciative of that one shot of Venom because everybody's like, just put it online. It was like, <laughs> don't, don't play that suicide game thing. You should have just thrown that trailer up and let mm-hmm. everybody see it. Because, man, this trailer was fantastic it was more of the same of the first trailer for people like me who loved the first trailer i was like i don't even need to see venom Mm -hmm. you got me you got tom hardy who's one of the greatest actors known on planet earth right now whatever he's in is gold Mm -hmm. if you haven't seen taboo anything he's in i love even dark knight rises because of him but maybe not (laughs) look i'm saying tom hardy elevates this this movie right away with this brand new trailer though we get Venom. So, Coy, let's start with you. Venom revealed. I have been one of the guys who is saying this teaser is everything it needs to be. I've been one of the guys yelling from rooftops that this teaser is perfect. And then the trailer, which is a trailer, right. gives you beyond a tease, much like a trailer should. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that it felt like the same movie. It felt like a continuation. It used a lot of the same shots. But I also love that it used shots that we'd already seen and then added the Venom element. Like, we saw the driving the motorcycle and the cars crashing, right. but then we saw why they crashed. Right. And I really enjoyed that exploring the mythology we've already built around it i love tom hardy i think he is fantastic he has nuance to very difficult characters he is he has darkness in him inherently and most importantly he kept saying we and every time he said we are venom or we shouldn't do that or any of that 
I loved it. The only negative I have for me personally is I'm worried about the voice, the Venom voice. It mm-hmm. was a little, it was a little cliche for me. The the, the this is Demon voice, right. uh, but that's it's it's a trailer that's going to change. It's going to evolve. That might even be the voice they land in by the movie comes out. Right. So it felt like Venom, and that was so exciting to see Venom in in real life. So I, I loved it. I, I couldn't agree more with you, but in my mind, when you said that, I was like, well, what's he going to have a high pitch? Like, Hi, I like Venom. that because like, <laughs> where it was two voices, yes. they kind of like, that's I want, what I like. I think that they'll probably settle on that because in the trailer, we see Hardy kind of arguing with Venom inside his yeah. mind, almost like a, the Deathlock, where it's like the robot voice inside mm. where you're like, what should we do? I'm not so sure about that. Well, let me, you know, it's like, so once they kind of coalesce and become more of a unity I think maybe they will probably still refer to each other as we are because they're both talking of the same voice. What do you think, Markia? Uh, I was one of the people that was in the cautiously optimistic camp. I wasn't totally on board with Venom, but I'm like, well, I hope they do a good job, and I hope it's something more than what we had previously with (laughs) Venom. Definitely. I was very hopeful with that. With this trailer, yes, it definitely satisfies where it's like, hey, uh, one of the things I said before is like, it's Venom. I want a Venom movie. I don't mm-hmm. necessarily want an Eddie Brock movie. I want them both together. And mm-hmm. the first teaser was so Eddie Brock heavy. It's like, well, are, are they just not going to really go there until the end? But this trailer definitely tells you that, yes, they do. I really enjoy the way that Tom Hardy depicts Eddie Brock like um, as an investigative reporter. But one of those old school ones where it's, it's almost like he should be phased out by now. Like, for instance, mm-hmm. when he is um, interviewing uh, Riz Ahmed's character, mm-hmm. uh, Ahmed, Ahmed's character, he's writing everything down right. in like a little book. notebook. Yeah. He doesn't even have a tape recorder. Right. I, I I've been to a lot of press conferences. I haven't <laughs> seen anybody without a tape recorder, at least because you don't remember everything. But Eddie just, Brock works old school. <laughs> super old school. But it's like even that thing with the character, that says a whole lot. And then with the, why did we do that? You know, we're only going to take out bad people. Right. Like, okay, I want to see where this goes, where Venom says, um, oh, well, this is bad to me because this person's coming after me. Be like, no, wait, that's a police officer. That's not a right. bad person. Be like, yes, it is. They're trying to take us out. So I, I want to see this dynamic. I think this is going to be really enjoyable. And then the way that the symbiotes look, it just takes me right back to life. Mm-hmm. You know, that sci-fi yeah. movie. And it's like, yeah, that that alien symbiote, it doesn't know about life. It knows self-preservation. Right. And I want to see Venom go there. So I feel I'm, like I'm we're going to see that because they introduce a lot of these other characters that might have been a flash from the teaser. But then we see, a, you know, certain people maybe injected with the symbiote mm-hmm. you know, treatment or the things that they've been developing. And Eddie Brock is the one who sort of like by mistake gets it. Yeah. So I feel yeah. like we are going to see multiple different kinds of symbiotes in the film. We are going to see Woody Harrelson as Carnage is what everybody's telling us. So I'm expecting to see that when I see the movie. I don't even need that to be in the trailer because I'm sold on this as like a cool, creepy horror movie called Venom. Um, How it ties into Marvel adjacent, we still don't know. Do we care? I don't. I'm like, actually, Mm -hmm. like, I'm kind of like was on the fence about how are they going to do Venom after they'd done Spider-Man 3? And I was like, that didn't work. So what Mm -hmm. are they really going to do? Oh, now he's not even part of this universe. That sounded weird. Now I'm like, all right, well, as long as Peter Parker's in there, I'm good. What do you think? I think that Venom is a character that can exist on its own, but sh- I, Venom and Spider-Man are one thing. Like, to me, the, 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 the spider on Venom's chest comes from Spider-Man, so the mythology is really tricky, but as far as the movie right. itself, you can play with cr- like chronological order. You can play with like recon, I mean, retconning after the fact. I think they can tie it into Spider-Man later, and I really think that Venom himself can be his own movie if they handle the mythology of where Venom comes from well, if they handle the idea of it existing in the same universe well. The Guardians exist in Marvel adjacent, and then you can bring him in later. They did that. Sure. So I would love if Venom is involved later, maybe gets more Spider-Man-like. Maybe he's very symbiotic in this film, and he uses his thing as tendrils, but he doesn't climb on walls or have the white thing in his chest. Maybe he meets Spider-Man later, and then he becomes more of a Spider-Man entity. That's not the way I'd want it, but if that's the way it happens and we get a Venom movie out of it, I'll accept that. So right. I'm cool with and it. That even makes more sense from the origin perspective as if the symbiote abandons Eddie Brock to go for Peter Parker mm-hmm. and then assumes that Spider-Man symbol 
that would make more sense. What do you think about the tie-in with the comic books? I think uh, a way that they could go about it. I mean, uh, Eddie Brock is a reporter. Obviously, he knows about Spider-Man. It feels like this is the the same universe. So, of course, he would. Maybe he even has seen Peter Parker's photos. Or maybe there's some sort of tie-in with uh, him, with uh, Jameson, maybe applied for, Hmm. you know, (laughs) work there and got, you know, shown the door because he just couldn't keep up with everybody else. Who knows? But I think because Venom is, well, he becomes with Eddie Brock. Everything that Eddie Brock is, Venom is, has access to. So I think that that is probably how we get our Spider-Man tie-in with that. Mm-hmm. Because he's aware of Spider-Man, so therefore Venom knows Spider-Man. Yep. So Venom will take the parts of Spider-Man are the strongest things, the strongest heroes that maybe Eddie Brock knows of, and then Venom utilizes that. So then that brings us to the point of, well, what other heroes does Eddie Brock know that Venom would be able to then utilize their power escape? Sure. Would we get a red goblin? I know. I mean, that's the green goblin teamed up with the symbiote, and that's the new Spider-Man. Yeah, Dan Slott's right now. Hell of a red goblin. That's a fun run right now. Hey, you know what's pretty cool? Deadpool 2. I mean, we talked about it already. (laughs) But, you know, that trailer, I mean, we're literally, Avengers Infinity War happens this week. Mm. Something we've been waiting for for many years. Mm -hmm. Didn't know we'd be waiting for a Deadpool 2 trailer, (gasps) but that literally popped off like two years ago and was such a success, both box office wise and just cinematically it's a really fun film just like logan is r-rated for its reasons Mm -hmm. deadpool is r-rated because of its coarse hellishly funny humor so i mean and violence but it's like (laughs) it's just a really fun film this last trailer we that we saw i feel like follows that up and then pluses it where Mm -hmm. i feel like boy it's it's I don't see how this movie could fail. It still could. It could be just like, there's no heart to it. It's robotic or whatever. I'm hoping none of that's true because I laughed my ass off watching this trailer. I almost pissed myself when I saw that guy, <laughs> Peter, flying. Just like, <laughs> just like, not, then just like, bum, bum, bum. And then, uh, yeah. Oh, so I was like, one of those. Let's talk, Marquia, what do you think? What are your feelings about the Deadpool trailer? Um, and how is it going to, how will it survive in the midst of Infinity War and Solo? Is it just going to kill it at the box office for a week? What are your thoughts about the trailer? I think it's going to kill it because um, it's completely different. It's a it's a different flavor of everything. Uh, let's say if uh, Infinity War is Rocky Road, which is a bunch of things like together, right. then uh, this is um, whatever would be schoolyard humor ice cream definitely. is what this one would be. Uh, I know that I'm definitely going to see it more than once. Um, I was not ready for Peter. Right. Okay. Uh, I always assumed that it was going to be Peter Wisdom. I'm sure I'm not the hot hot knives. I'm sure I wasn't the only person that uh, thought about that. But the humor that they have with Peter, the humor that they have with Domino is like, oh yeah, I'm lucky. You're like, that's not that's not a power. Yes, it is. Right. And you know that there's a they back and forth. It, but they show you the how, how cinematic yeah. it is. That's why I, I love I love that about the Deadpool series. They're not afraid to try jokes that wouldn't even sound funny on the page, but then oh, but it's all visual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Peter is Peter's wisdom. I think you know. Yeah, there's we a might W that on out the end of his name if you look later. at you know. There's like hints yeah. in the yeah. trailer that tell you. That he is Peter Wisdom. I argue with all these people here about he's not Peter Wisdom. Like, relax. I'll be, I would love to be wrong. You know, I love being wrong. There's no problem with being wrong. It's just a guess. What do you think? I thought the trailer kept getting bigger. I love that all these trailers have escalated. And then, like, there's always that button at the end of the trailer. There's always that last comedy beat. And I was actually thinking during the trailer, I'm laughing so hard. How can they button this? Right. And then I loved, even before the moment of Peter, I loved it being like, you're in. Like, yeah, that's, such a, totally. that's such a Deadpool beat to be like, hey, the least qualified guy is the one I want on my team. If, if Deadpool's going to assemble his X-Force, he's going to let anyone he thinks. Like It was like this Mystery Men moment. I love that he was like recruiting these people, and yeah, of course you're in, this guy. Yeah. And I really liked that the trailer uh, had so many little moments. It, it had the one-eyed Willy joke. It referenced Thanos. It referenced DC. The, the the Are you sure you're not from the DC Universe joke was so funny to me. I, like So this trailer's... These trailers have gone from like referencing the mustache to the arm to the DC universe as a whole, and that's Deadpool. It's so self-aware, and it's a really hard thing to get meta humor right. It's really hard to be like fourth wall break and have that not be exhausting. Right. Somehow a trailer has done that multiple times in multiple trailers, and the character still feels like authentic to him while escalating the action. Like sequels should get bigger. This is nailing the comedy and the action, and if it has the heart the first one did, it'll be one of the best movies ever. I agree. Well, I mean, we only have another week and a half to wait for Deadpool 2. Uh, we're going to have Rob Liefeld on the show next week, so tune in next Wednesday. We're going to get extra sweaty talking about Deadpool 2, Cable, Domino, the pouch. It's endless what we can talk about <laughs> with Liefeld. He's always fun to be on the show, and so we are looking forward to that. Let's get into Minor Mutations. 
This week, let's talk about Gotham. Had the introduction of the Joker. If you haven't seen it already, um, I never thought I'd even say that, but you should be watching a couple of these episodes <laughs> of Gotham. I'm not saying all, don't watch all four seasons. That's a lot. But watch the last two with the introduction. They've already introduced Jerome. And he's basically the, the Joker with the cut-off mm. face, kind of the proto-Joker. And he's got a twin brother. So, yeah. spoilers, you know, just watch the episode. But certain things happen where they reveal a Joker. And now there's a proto-Harley Quinn. There's a photo of someone who looks very Harley Quinn-esque. Mm. Almost like she was, uh, uh, you know, Harley Quinn meets the strangers. Where people are like, I'm wearing a creepy white mask. You know, <laughs> I might kill you. You know, I don't know if this is really Harley Quinn, yeah. but it could be a proto-Harley Quinn. What are your thoughts? Have you guys been checking out Gotham? Uh, a little bit. And only and only recently right. with it i, I kind of tried to do first season it didn't really right. it just wasn't my thing but um people started talking about it lately so i i enjoy uh what they're doing with proto where it's not oh here's origin of the joker it's more like hey we're gonna show you a society where it's slanting so much to this side that we then are widening this crack for uh, a normality of a Joker-like character to right. be able to exist. It's like, we're going to show you the slide into descent that is Gotham so that, you know, normal is no longer here. Normal is just sliding just off the frame. Yeah. And I, I really enjoy the, what they're doing with that. So I, like I don't need said, a Joker yeah. character. You know what? I mean, one of the second to last episodes, I watched two in a row, the mm -hmm. whole like intro to the Joker type of uh, episodes, which they had been talking about. All seems like, all right, I'll watch those. <laughs> and that one that I was talking about, like I mentioned this earlier, is like it had all of them hanging around a table. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it was like literally that slide of what you're talking about where it's like, this isn't normal. Like it's, like, it's not starting out with Jim Gordon. This is like a weird dude with a cutoff skin mask mm -hmm. and the scarecrow and Mr. Freeze. I was like, what? This is kind of fun. I'm like, yeah. I'm mm -hmm. sort of in now. So what are your thoughts about it? I love that once I accepted it as the level of Elseworlds it is, like the level of this isn't my Batman, not to not to expect anything, that the show, I pop in for Joker stuff. I'm, I'm shamelessly the guy that is the problem. I make the rating spike when those things happen. Like, those are the episodes I'm interested in. And I was worried that how you top Jerome, how do you, like the actor playing Jerome does such a good job with that character. Right. And I love that they did like the 80s action movie. He's got a twin. Yep. Like, I really <laughs> like that they did totally. the thing that that yeah, is Jeremiah. Yeah, yeah. Like it just totally plays for me. So I thought it was such a funny thing that the show has to be that weird that that's acceptable. Now, there's not a lot of superhero shows where you can be like, he's got a twin, and you're like, oh no. Like yeah. you usually turn that off. <laughs> that's the cancellation. Oh, it jumped the shark. It, it jumped the shark Done. twice because yeah. there's twins. There's two of this them. worked for that's me, right. so I liked it. I agree. And I, the only reason it works is because it is that bizarro elsewhere. Yeah. It's like, yeah, Bruce Wayne's in it. He's a kid. He's not Batman. What? Uh, <laughs> once you've accepted that weirdness, Anything works. There's twins. All right, I'm juggling. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I don't know what's happening. You know what? Let's talk about Tom Hardy. The premiere of that Venom trailer, which we just talked about, happened at CinemaCon. So, I mean, CinemaCon has a bunch of trailers that are going on, mm -hmm. and we've heard that Aquaman is going to have its premiere trailer, maybe at CinemaCon. We know it was supposed to premiere at WonderCon. They pulled it. They were like, our water effects aren't on point yet, so maybe the water effects are working now. Do you think the spr sprinkler system is in? Are we going to see Aquaman? Or because we saw that Ven Venom leaked. They were like, yo, just drop it. It's online now. Is that the same thing going to ha happen with Aquaman? I think that people want to see Aquaman. I think that James Wan has said that he's only going to release the trailer when he's ready. Uh, he said like very publicly, like this wasn't the time, so I hope that if we see it, it's what he wants. I yeah. hope that if we have, if they've gotten to the level where they're comfortable, that's the trailer. Because I really want Aquaman to do well. I really want word of mouth to spread. I really want people to be excited about it. So if it happens, I hope it's the version they want. And I really hope that it's the DC universe going forward. I want to see where we are with this universe. I want for the fervor that is happening right now to die down just a little bit more before you're then going to put Aquaman on sure. top of all of that. And then plus thinking we've had so many things that were supposed to come out this year that then, oh, hey, no, 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 you will get that next year. I'm okay with waiting for a trailer, especially one that James Wan's going to sign off for. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah, just let things calm down just a little bit and then hit us with that Aquaman pop. Yeah, I feel like especially um, with CinemaCon, I mean, it's it was, you know, as it was developing, it was like, we're getting all these amazing trailers. And then, you know, things happen like Infinity War, yeah. where it's sort of like, doesn't matter what you're showing. You don't want to be this title. <laughs> yeah, you've like been ripple. minimized. Yeah, yeah, it'd be like a droplet, Waterman. It's like, no, you want people to be like, Aquaman showed up. This is a cool yeah. trailer. It's not going to get any play because every single, every single person is going to be covering Infinity War. Why? Because it's amazing. And that's one of those things where it's like, it delivers what it promised. Mm -hmm. When you guys see it, 
you know, we're not, we can't talk about it, but yeah. obviously all of us are still like, uh, have the buzz going on from having just seen it. Um, can't wait to see it again. So that's one of those films that's like repeat viewings. People are going to be talking about mm. it for weeks on end. I'd love yes. if the Aquaman trailer was on Infinity War. How cool would that be if the first public screening, like if they've got it attached and that's the debut, how cool would it be to see Aquaman? Because everyone's going to see Infinity oh, yeah. War. I, I have hundreds no of millions. That, how cool would that, that, would that be? be, that would be, be incredibly cool. By the way, that would be here's cool. the debut of this. Enjoy. Well, we've heard, million we've heard the Venom game. trailer is going to be attached. Which makes sense. Yeah. I think it would be great to have Aquaman. So Hopefully that's good. what they're making. Hey, if you haven't checked out Ninjak versus the Valiant Universe, it's here. There's seven episodes. They're all online. And our own Joey Rasool of Collider is the DP on this. It's definitely fun. You could check out Ninjak fighting a whole bunch of people from mm. the Valiant comic book universe, Exo Man, where everybody's in there, Bloodshot. It's fun. Definitely check it out. Want to give it a little props for Joey Rasool. He did an incredible job. His cinematography is on point. Um, what, have you guys checked out the Valiant Universe stuff? Only like a little bit here and there. Um, I like that these episodes are online now. I love that John Morrison uh, is oh, in yeah. it. He's a wrestler. Yeah. John Morrison, yeah. Uh, and really fun dude. <laughs> did like um, improv with him when, uh, way back when. It was oh, yeah. just a whole lot of fun. He was Falcor and I wrote him. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> it was fantastic. But yeah, no, I, I got to check out uh, some of the first episode. And it's, you know what it is? I enjoy the 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 way that it is because it's stylistic, but it also feels fan made. Yeah. But it feels like it has a budget behind it too, like a real strong budget. So because of those, it's something that I feel like I'm going to just like consume, yeah. just like this. No, I definitely I watched the first three, and it does have that. It does feel have feel mm. fan made, but in the same tone as all the other Bat in the Sun projects. Yeah. It's got really cool cinematography. There's cool fight sequences. You know, the rest of it kind of doesn't all gel together too much. But as far as for what it is online, I think it's great. Have you got a chance to check it out? I haven't. I love that in the sun, though. So I didn't know that was out. And now I have a two watch. Uh, I really think they do amazing work. And I love that new media is going in that direction. I think that using new media and the amount of people that live online and the amount of people that watch this content, I think that's a great place for it to live. So now that I know it's out there, I I will. That's great. Definitely. Well, DJ Catrona and Adam Brody are in Shazam. Are they trying to make like a Justice League mortal like uh, team up, retail? team up what's going on i mean it's like i don't even really i mean they've mentioned the characters i don't know if they're like the younger versions of the uh, the kids or if they like turn into the shazam family i don't really know how they're going to play this all off but um i thought it was kind of cool that they're like picking some of the people yeah. who were, hey that guy was going to be superman you know well now he's in the shazam movie but so is henry cavill what <laughs> are there going to be two supermans or i don't even know if they're going to go with the superman what are your thoughts about these two guys being in shazam uh, i love that they're utilizing great talent I mean, uh, there's there's only so many roles that can go around, and right. you could have people that are so good for each of those roles, but then only one really fits for the director's vision. But I love that they're just open, where it's like, yeah, you know what? Let's get uh, Adam Brody in here. We know he's good. We're yeah. going to put him in this. So I, I enjoy that, because that's better for us fans. We get a, a wide palette of talent to be able to choose. I that. agree. Don't skimp on talent. What do you think? I think it's it's cool. It's like the Nicolas Cage is the voice cast thing. When Nicolas Cage right. got voice cast as Superman, it's like, mm-hmm. it's almost an Easter egg for fans that were excited about a thing, and they are very talented actors, so it's a great service to the fans and to the movie, and I think it's like two of them from that movie. That's fantastic. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited. That's yeah, great. That thing that was going to happen 10 years ago? Didn't. Hey, but here we are. We remember. We remember. this other thing with the guy who flies. Hey, Black Widow and a female team might be happening at the same time, both according to Mantis's Pom Clement, I can't say her name, Clementioff. I hope I said it right. Um, the gal who plays Mantis was talking about, look, they're already making a Black Widow movie, so I don't know if Kevin Feige has her under some NDA or she's just like wish fulfillment, like, there'll be a Black Widow movie? Yeah, female movie. I'm talking like Mantis. Um, but uh, I like both of those ideas, and if they're both part of Phase 4, I'd be happy. What do you think, Marky? Uh I think it's great. I mean, uh, Tessa Thompson, like back when, she was like, uh, yeah, let's have a, like an A-Force movie. I don't think right. she said A-Force, but now I'm going to say A-Force because I want singularity yeah. to exist. I mean, after, I'm sorry to go back to it, after Infinity War uh, and just Guardians of the Galaxy in general, and we know with Captain Marvel that we're going, we're going Cree, we're going Scroll. we know that that's happening. Right. Uh, I feel like we could then have a force. I mean, let's do that. I want, I want singularity. I want that, that beautiful mix of power and uh, naive. 
Like, I love that. The power naive is kind of like uh, Joss Whedon's really good at that. Maybe we can <laughs> grab him for an A4. Right. He's not doing anything right he's now. Right now. <laughs> he was at the Avengers premiere like, yeah, I'm just kind of working on my own thing, which is awesome. Because mm. when he works on his own thing, you get Buffy, you get Angel, you get Firefly. So yeah. Joss Whedon, I'm so happy you're working on your own thing. Um, so what do you think? His vacation was much to about nothing. An incredible Shakespearean adaptation. Right. I got to blow off some steam yeah. and make some Shakespeare. Better go uh, make a feature film. Yeah, don't worry about it. At my yeah. house. Uh, I think that much like Iron Man and then other singular heroes leading to Avengers, Black Widow would be a great way to bridge into A-Force. I think that having a solo Black Widow movie lead to a female team movie is a great move. I would love to see all those characters as a unit. I would love to see a world where we take our time, we learn who they are because we've had these movies, and then they come together. That's that's why Avengers worked so well as we were invested. So Black Widow has deserved a solo movie for a very long time. If she can bring a team together and have those as a one-two punch, that's perfect. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, to go along with that, we have so many strong female characters that are just working so well. Could have uh, Scarlet Witch, Okoye, Shuri, oh, yeah. just like the Captain whole. Marvel will be yeah. out. Valkyrie. There you go. Captain Valkyrie Marvel. could have The list is, is, it's quite yeah. a big list. So someone yeah. would be like, you can't be in this movie. Be like, what? You know, so <laughs> that's what we're going to Mantis will be full. like. Mantis is ready. She's like, talking about it. Oh, sorry, you're not. <laughs> she did use her own empathy powers. I'm bummed. <laughs> sleep. I know. And sleep. You know what? The Russos are not having any sleep. They, but they were talking about. <laughs> Spider-Man Homecoming and how that whole eight years later thing is absolutely wrong. So they were like, look, you know what? It's wrong. <laughs> and so this eight years later thing when they were like talking about fixing the Avengers Tower and like Tombs is like, yeah, we're, we're getting this money and this and that. We're getting this. And they fired him. And then eight years later, they're like, no, that's not possible. It can't be eight years later because they did their own timeline and this doesn't work. So expect some kind of new Blu-ray <laughs> with the five years later, you know, where you just paste that on while you're watching. Them. We're like, yeah, I don't know how they're going to fix that other than just simply say we screwed up. Oh, we didn't have our timeline completely in, in play with Sony. They, they okay. We okayed it. We forgot about it. The movie was released. We're like, Oh, that's not right. So as long as you remember when you see the says eight, it's actually five. Or maybe is it four? I don't even know. Well, they were saying it's five years, but what do you think about the timeline being off for like a jump forward? I think that with this many uh, cards at play, it's going to happen. I think there's so much being juggled that if our biggest problem is a, a, a insert... That's amazing. If our yes. biggest problem, when you bring together 38 characters, if one time someone said the wrong number, okay. And the Fox deal goes through, Deadpool pops up, he erases it himself, pauses the camera like, who's going to new blue? Boom, new Blu-ray. I'm about it. Like, yeah. if that's you just, I don't think it's a big enough deal to stress about, and especially the diehard fans are the main ones that are going to be worrying about chronological order. Right. So if that's the biggest deal, then they know that it's off, so it's fixed. Because yeah, they have a poster of the timeline yeah. hanging in they're their bedroom. They're like, I know home. what it is. Like, oh, the yarn. Yeah, I'm not really worried about the eight years how about you yeah no they're human oh they're human oh no yeah. they're human that's not oh, cool human. <laughs> it's like it's, it's nothing it's, it's fine i'm a-okay with it i mean if they're really going to do anything with it which they shouldn't just just change the eight to a five for me yeah. i think mean, like benedict cumberbatch come up and <laughs> scratch it right like, that's a hurry host of hog yeah it's like five yeah <laughs> or we get three years of the missing scenes we're like we just filmed three extra, <laughs> a brand new 10 minutes adventures just yeah like. i'd be all for it um <laughs> kevin feige says spider-man 2 speaking of spider-man uh was going to take place all over the globe and it's directly influenced by avengers 4 now check it out we can't even talk about avengers <laughs> infinity war and we just saw it but we also can't talk about avengers 4 because we don't know what's going to be happening in that movie even though we saw Avengers Infinity War, we can't. We could take wild guesses, which we're not going to. But <laughs> with Spider-Man 2 taking place all over the globe, I'm taking a wild guess and saying, I, I think they're going to introduce Kraven the Hunter. Because it feels like yes. that is a perfect way to introduce Spider-Man globally. Kraven is a global hunter. Mm. And there could be some way to work that in. I don't know who's taken over that building, the Stark building. But, mm. you know, I don't know if it's going to be Oscorp or the Baxter building. We don't know. But uh, we do know that Spider-Man is still in high school, mm -hmm. or is he in college? Is this his first year of college? I supposed that those first three movies, he was going to be in high school, all three movies. I'm still guessing that they're going to do that. It's hard to tell with these time jumps where things fit. As far as high school is three or four years, depending on where you grew up. Mm -hmm. right. So we have that, that you know, run where it's like after Civil War, it's two years later. 
You know, so it's like, how many years have elapsed with Spider-Man? What do you think about this? I think uh, I also just had a funny idea for those three years, the time jump. Yeah. Untold Tales of Spider-Man, that fantastic comic from the 90s. You have an Untold Tales of Spider-Man movie to fill in the gap for mm. the years. Uh, but Spider-Man Maybe 2. Maybe that's Spider-Man 2. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> uh, I love that uh, Craven the Hunter works for a, a kid Spider-Man so well because it's really scary. Like, the most dangerous game aspect of the character. Sure. And I also, I feel like once Spider-Man's been Spider-Man for 10 years, Craven doesn't work as well. Craven, Craven uses these mythical herbs and he uses these things to make him stronger. But at that point, he's fought Green Goblin and Venom and all these other characters. So I'd love for Craven to happen early in the in the new chronology of this MCU Spider-Man. So I think he's a great time to bring him in. He's a fan favorite. A lot of people could play him. And I like the idea that the world traveling is because of a villain. Because for me, I love Spider-Man being a kid from from New York and staying in New York and being friendly neighborhood. And one one of the things that Dan Slot run didn't vibe with me about was that he was Tony Stark. Like, he was this billionaire philanthropist running around. If he's doing it because of a villain, it puts him in a point of pressure, and that keeps Spider-Man the underdog. So if the villain's the reason he's traveling, it keeps him the underdog, and to me, that's the heart of Spider-Man. So if that's the reason, I love it. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, whew, okay. Um, so, yeah, with uh, Spider-Man 2 uh, for this, I, I enjoy I enjoy the thought of uh, Craven being that, but the reason why I enjoy it is because I see it as uh, an evolution of Peter Parker's character, because um, I always considered Craven to be, uh, yeah, he, he was uh, a big bad, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, last hunt and everything like that. Uh, I think that would be a really nice in-between to have where you have, you know, he's Peter Parker and he's like that kid, you know, the high school kid. And it's like, no, he has to be adult in a very adult way very quickly and let's see the pressures that would happen with that. And I think Craven would be a really great character to have with that. I, I would like for him to be traveling around the world because Craven is hunting him, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a thing. And maybe um, Tony Stark could be involved with that to taking him around to different places until finally he has uh, matured enough or evolved his power enough to then wherever it is that they end up is like, this is my last stand. It's me or you, and I understand this now. So that could be a nice yeah, um, emotional I would, journey. I would like to see Craven, I, and I want to see uh, Norman Osborn at least introduced. I want to see mm-hmm. Oscorp introduced into the Spider-Man Marvel mythology. I think it's important. Mm-hmm. And uh, not just, I don't want to see Green Goblin show up until like Spider-Man, if it has to be three, but I'd love it to be like Spider-Man five. I would love them to establish mm-hmm. no the rush. relationship. There's yeah. no rush. I hope that Tom Holland can sign on to do six Spider-Man movies because he's perfect as Peter Parker and Spider-Man, and there should be six of those movies. My theory for the reason they're all around the world is Mysterio. Mm. I think that he thinks he's in other places, and I think that the best way to have Spider-Man convinced, imagine a globe-trotting all-in-your-head because of a special effects movie. Imagine this movie that takes place everywhere, but it's actually just in the soundstage Mysterio. Like, you can make that Doctor Strangey, right. but it just be this guy's power. So I'd love, uh, also, I think Mysterio would be fun. And I think that uh, Norman Osborn is... He works because you see them as the businessman first, then the Green Goblin. And if you rush that, Harry Osborn doesn't have the impact. Best friends don't have the impact. You can't meet Harry Osborn and then Dane DeHaan hair swipe and then he's the Goblin. So that's uh, why that didn't work. It didn't work. <laughs> and I'd, I'd love like a Tom Hanks as Norman Osborn, someone that you love dearly, and then when he turns bad, you're like, whoa. So someone like with that, like Brian Cranston, would be the the choice that I think a lot of people see. But sure. like a Tom Hanks in villain role, because you would never think Tom Hanks would go bad. So when he's cast as Norman, that's like what? Yeah. In fact, you'd be waiting for him to go bad because you're like. He is Norman Osborn. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, when's he going to get evil? Not in this movie. That'd yeah. be like, great. How about if it's a school trip that Peter Parker's <laughs> on a on a school trip in Europe, and it's kind of a thing like you know, senior trip, sure, kind of a thing where they're going around to different countries, and he's being hunted in each mm-hmm. one of those countries, would and be just cool. barely getting away. Can't wait for this movie. Hope yeah. that's happening. Let's get into some Twitter questions. The first one's James Mellor. He asks, usually when a film doesn't give critics a preview or disallows them discussion about it until the film comes out. That spells doom for the movie. Why aren't critics being suspicious about this with the Avengers Infinity War? Well, James Meller, I can answer that. And I think all of us at the table can now answer that. Having seen the movie, uh, there's nothing to be suspicious about. Uh, The reason that most films do that where they're like, "Mm, the movie's coming out on Friday, um, April 3rd. Do not release it until Friday, April 3rd. (laughs) The reason they do that is because the movie blows. It's horrible and it's a nightmare. And they're just like, maybe we could trick enough people into going to see the movie blind. They're like, I, I want my money back. We're not, we can't do that, sir. Here's a free, you know, here's some popcorn. <laughs> they could trick enough people to make that three or $4 million off of a bomb, off of a bad film. Um, the other flip side of it is when a, a production company is so confident 
in their movie that they either show it a month and a half early, like Captain America Civil War, or they're like, no, you're just going to see it when, because we want to keep the surprises for everybody, like I think Avengers Infinity War did. What do you guys think? Oh, they have every right to be confident in this movie. Every, every single right. And um, I personally, I would have, for my own selfish desires, would have loved to have seen it early. But I actually kind of appreciate um, only seeing it a couple of days early because it is literally such an emotional wallop and so exquisitely done that it is very difficult to not want to talk Mm -hmm. to share this be like oh what was your experience with this because this is what i felt when they like punched me in my chest with this uh and yeah no it's uh this was this was a good decision for them to be like it could have been called avengers chest punchers if you wanted to (laughs) uh, there's also a lot of really amazing sequences with just Mm -hmm. pure action and uh just you know, can't talk about it. What do you think? I think it's a true two-pronged reason. Uh, one, 18 films of goodwill means that I, I think audiences and critics trust Marvel, so they didn't feel a need to be like, by the way, 90 blank percent, whatever whatever it lands at. Like, I don't think they needed that. And also because, like we said uh, multiple times, spoilers are the movie. Like, there's, there's no thing they can really talk about in reviews that will be completely sensitive. There's nothing to review. Like, we, we did our review yesterday, uh, spoiler-free, that was the hardest thing to do. I can't imagine writing words and then reading that sentence and writing it and, like, trying to figure out, like, what's okay to say. So right. I think it's because of the sensitivity of the film uh, and because of the goodwill that Marvel's earned that it didn't need to. Definitely. Well, next question comes from Jay Cunningham. He says, just watch the De- Deadpool 2 clip, and, and having seen Peter, I, th- I see people thinking he's Peter Wisdom due to the Twitter ac- account, but could he be a copycat in order to infiltrate X-Force? Either of these theories, grab you, Collider, keep up the great work, guys. Well, Jay Cunningham, um, I am in the camp of thinking it is uh, Wisdom, Peter Wisdom, and I mm. think, you know, if you read the comics or read a bunch of the different iterations of that character, very well could be that. They might even just make it a little more jokey, Mm-hmm. Uh, or it could be a little more sinister. It depends on how they want to roll with it. What are your thoughts? Well, uh, with uh, Peter Wisdom, I like this Peter. I'm okay with them making it just be like this every person kind of character. Sure. Um, I don't. I don't need for him to be British. I don't need for him to be in a weird relationship with Shadowcat. You know, that's that's not necessary. And I don't. I don't want it. If they want to do something where he's captured by the same program that changed, you know, Deadpool, and then that's how you know his powers manifest into hot knives. Cool. Or just keep him regular, regular dude. I'm okay sure. with regular dude. I mean, I could. I could even see him without without his mutant powers, mm. without any of the relationships, and just be a, a secret agent working for someone else what do you think i could see him being a guy named peter wisdom that has no ties whatsoever to like it could be an easter egg like negasonic teenage warhead has none of those powers totally that character like deadpool has shown us they are not they will make the characters awesome and they will make the characters characters you know but they will not necessarily be the characters from the comics so the dude's name might be pete wisdom and that's all he shares with sure. Hot like that could be the end of that's the similarities the nugget drop like, and that's it. there you go yeah. wisdom hey, and that'd be is. fine with me because that character looks hilarious and i i kind of don't want him to have a twist i, I kind of want him to be a dude like i want to see ron swanson that is on the, the twist. <laughs> yeah that like, is the twist dude. yeah he's just a that's dude. fine yeah. with me. i don't want to see him die because that's it if he's just that dude who's mm-hmm. like bat, you know flying yeah, around, i want him to be eating a donut just like just at the end, he survived, yeah. unscathed, didn't even get a punch landed. Yeah, he's, he's like communications in the back or yeah. something. Yeah, so. I want him to be a guy. Like, you're in. I want that guy to do best. Like, I just, I want that. Well, we get to see that in a week and a half. <laughs> what? No. It's amazing. Uh, Steve Fox says, any one of you guys read the 80s comic miniseries Camelot 3000? Yeah. Dug out my old mm-hmm. copy, reread it, me and Roka read it, and damn, it's so good. In that 80s new metal King Arthur future way. Well, Steve, you nailed it. It is kind of, well, I wouldn't use the word new metal. I'd say heavy metal. But uh, <laughs> I'm throwing new metal. Not that I hate new metal. I don't. I'm not a hater, but I like to incorporate all metal because there's so much of it that would be played while I reread Camelot 3000. <laughs> the list, I'll give you a list of the bands later. But, um, have you guys gotten a chance to read Camelot? No, no. Highly recommend this. <laughs> yeah, Rope sorry. Your youth. <laughs> Please, I know. Yeah. Um, Teach me. I will definitely yeah, devour I've got, it. Yeah, I've got a spare copy, too. I actually have three copies of it, because so, I'm a super nerd. <laughs> um, but it is fantastic. That's all I'll say. Mike W. Barr, Brian Boland drew it. It is an amazing retelling. Science fiction King Arthur is what I'll say. I am one of six people on the planet that enjoyed Guy Ritchie's King Arthur. So I would love to explore another take on King Arthur because I thought like pan flute, hardcore street kid King Arthur. I I 
it was Snatch meets Arthurian myth. So if I can get like a new metal Arthurian myth, this is nice. so light years ahead of that piece of trash. <laughs> Everyone about. hates okay, it so nice. much. I'm the yeah. one guy that's like, no, no. Yeah, I was thing... stuck on a plane and I couldn't make it through that. <laughs> the thing that I uh, would liken it to, just from what y'all are saying, uh, if you've read Birthright, you mm-hmm. know, with uh, Image Comics, yeah. I mean, is it kind of in that war where you have like King Arthur, you have a chosen one, and it's like it's not, it doesn't go the way that you think it that would actually go. It definitely doesn't go the way you think. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I like, I like, uh, especially that it came out in the 80s, right? Roka was like 86 or something like that. Um, there's some, you know, very progressive things in that, in that series. I'll leave it up to you guys to discover it, but a good question, Steve Fox. In fact, I'd love to see Camelot 3000 turn into a miniseries on HBO. It would be perfect. Uh, Christian Geist asks, uh, dude, is that the soul stone on top of Adam Warlock's cocoon in Guardians 2? That would kind of make sense, right? Well, Christian, I, I went back and looked at some photos of that, you know, that cocoon at the very end of Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy Volume 2. Uh, we all know that that is Adam Warlock. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but uh, who knows is all I will answer about that. Couldn't tell you, but we're going to see uh, Adam Warlock very soon. What do you guys think? Well, the only reason why I would think that it wouldn't be is because uh, the collector um, collected the um, uh, he was the collected the reality stone in um, Guardians of the Galaxy one, right. and it seemed like he knew exactly what it was and right. everything. So I think it would be probably since he's the collector and would be an expert in that, I think he would be able to notice if there was a soul stone that was balanced on top of a cocoon in his own collection. And that is the only reason why I would think that possibly not. Okay, how about you, Koi? I agree. I think uh, introducing Adam Warlock's already going to be so much that tying those two things together would be jarring to the to the character. So I think when we get to Guardians 3 and, and all those things going forward, that wouldn't really fit the timeline, but it's a cool idea. Definitely. Yeah. Next question comes from Derek Richardson. What lesser-known characters would you like to see show up in future Deadpool or X-Force films? I think Phantom <laughs> X would be an interesting addition. Uh, for me, any number of the X-Force slash X-Statics mm-hmm. characters, I would love to see any one of those characters. Even Fat. He's <laughs> 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 the you know, the super weird character. What, what do you, what, any, any, anybody at the top of your list? I'm a Generation X guy. Right. Uh, pretty hard. So I've been wanting to see Chamber forever. I think Chamber is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And he just came back in the comics. Uh, Generation X, the comics have Chamber and Jubilee have a thing. Right. Uh, Husk is so weird and delightful. Husk yes. just like ripping her skin off and having wow. another layer of different power underneath. Uh, Generation X had so many implate. Like, there's so many really weird characters in that that kind of fit in how weird Deadpool is and wouldn't fit anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And it'd be a nice apology for the 90s Generation X movie. I want to see yeah. Dupe, and I've wanted to see Dupe. Since oh, they intru- Like, not even X-Force. I just want to see him in an X-Men movie. I was like, man, X-Men, Dark, Dark Phoenix, get Dupe in there. What do <laughs> yeah. you think? I would like, uh, well, I, Moonstar. I like Moonstar. That'd be great. Um, uh, I would love for her to be like, um, oh, you're going to die. Oh, I, I already died. <laughs> you know, that kind of yeah. thing. I die all the time. But like, uh, that, that would be great. Uh, Feral. Would yep. be uh, pretty cool in there because uh, with the healing powers, mm-hmm. that might work. And then is she a bad person? Is she not? You know, can ride that line, um, maybe have Thorn in there too with it. But I, I think that would be fun. And Forge. Forge would be cool. Dead girl and you go girl. I'm just going to listen off all the ecstatics. Um, <laughs> listening to Dazzler yeah. or Deadpool listening to Dazzler would be cool. For sure, Dazzler. Just put her in yeah, X-Force. Why not? Why not? Um, Next question. Noah Hawes asks, if a Catwoman reboot was ever made, who would you want to cast as Catwoman and who would you want directing it? Tessa. Maybe Janelle Monet. I'm going to take Roga's suggestion. Uh, this is a really good suggestion. Uh, Tessa Thompson. I think she'd be a fantastic Catwoman. Uh, Emily Blunt. Directed That'd by Catherine one. Bigelow because mm. I, I love her action style and it's it's grittier that and darker. That would be interesting and to have Bigelow do a Bigelow, Catwoman. Yeah. I was going to say Halle Berry and have that guy Pitoff. Oh, Pitoff, the Pitoff, French director. The, he's sort of like Tarsem, <laughs> mm-hmm. but with another like so I'm, I am Pitoff. I am Tarsem. It'll do well. She'll get an Oscar again. Yeah, I think you know. No, no, no. <laughs> but yeah, Janelle Monae. She's uh, she's a fantastic actor. I think she would bring uh, and musician and everything. She right. does everything well. Uh, I think she takes direction very well with what I've seen mm-hmm. for her in movies and I think she would bring a kind of dimension to that I mean if we don't have our Tessa Thompson and our Emily Blunt go with I would go Monet. with Letitia Wright I would love to see her I think she's such a fantastic actress yeah, I want to see cool. her go to you know she's already in the Marvel Universe let's see her get into the DC Universe mm-hmm. I mean there's a lot of things that she could do she's a fantastic actress um, 
Chicken Permission asks, that's right, <laughs> this guy's name is Chicken Permission. Um, could we, or a woman, I don't know who it is, but it's Chicken Permission. Um, and I'm asking for permission to say, could we see a young Drax in the Captain Marvel movie and see what Ronan did to his family? Or is that too early in the timeline for that? Um, boy, I don't know. Um, we Ooh. could possibly see so many things happen yeah. in Captain Marvel because what we do know is it's taking place in 1991. Mm-hmm. Now, how mm-hmm. long is it going to be in 1991? We do not know, but we do know that it takes place in 91. Nick Fury is going to be in it with both eyes. We got Colson's <laughs> in there, probably with a big shag, like, you know, yeah, uh, listening like to that. some, like, you know, maybe some new metal for you fans. Ooh. Um, or, you know, I prefer grunge because 1991. A little Nirvana in there. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I really, I would probably guess we won't see a young Drax. My money is on a younger Yondu. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, also, we will nice. see Ronan the Accuser. I think they've already announced that he's going to be in it. So I thought they, I thought they did. Yeah, yeah I think they did. Me? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Ronan, you already have him. I, I don't necessarily need to see a young Drax in it. I, right. I feel like that's just kind of, that's kind of been established for me uh, type of thing. I, I like... I like uh, Ronan already being in it. I, I, I do think that it might be a little bit too early in that because, you know, thinking of it like, uh, well, it all depends on how long lived that they have Drax right. be. That would have to be answered before it would be because, well, woof, it's a good question, but I think it might be too early in the timeline. But, yeah, I'm going to go with if they have Drax long-lived or not. Yeah, and I just don't feel like they're going to chuck so many different cameos. Yeah. Like, here's this younger version of this person or this version. So I, I feel like it's like, look, if we have Ronan and we, we're setting up like an earlier earlier kind of Guardians of the Galaxy timeline mm-hmm. to mesh with the Nova Corps timeline with Captain Marvel and the kree Skrull War, totally makes sense to have Ronan in it. Um, how many of these other cameos are we going to have? What do you think? I think that if it supports the story, going young cameos is great. And especially, like, having Coulson, because we miss him, makes sense. <laughs> sure. Like, having, and Ronan, like, these characters that we don't have anymore going back, that totally works. But if if we met Drax as uh, someone in a prison, and that was kind of like, here's his introduction, if they're... I hate when prequels add backstory to make a character more relevant because then it feels like it was destiny for them to meet. Right. And that always feels a little shoehorned. So I love Drax and I want more of them, but I don't necessarily want them to feel like it was destiny for them to meet in the prison because then that suddenly feels like the universe is too small. Yeah. It's I a really tiny big. universe. Yeah. We have yeah. these 58 people and they all know each other. <laughs> <laughs> and, and our sons know each other. Yeah. And May Parker is a spy. They and all hang out together. Peter Parker's yeah. parents worked for S.H.I.E.L.D. No, yeah. they didn't. No. <laughs> uh, Sean B. asks, do you think we will ever get a live action Marvel Zombies movie and a live action Red Hulk. Boy, you're greedy. You want, both? <laughs> you want Marvel Zombies and you want a separate Red Hulk solo yeah. film? Well, um, Marvel Zombies feels way stronger of a decision. I don't think it'll ever be called Marvel Zombies. I think mm. if Marvel was going to have fun with that idea, that would be a 30 minute part of a larger film. They'd be like, look, everybody goes zombie style. You know, there's the I am the absorber or whatever. I'm like, I am absorbing souls. And everyone's like, oh, it's a zombie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I mean, I would see that. What do you guys think? I, I think the possibility of a Red Hulk is stronger to see in one of these future films or a phase mm-hmm. four, whatever they end up doing with the Hulk and, you know, hulking out and other future Hulks, um, more so than a Marvel so- standalone zombies film. What do you think? Uh, I'm I'm okay without either of these. Uh, maybe an animated Marvel Zombies sure. like that could that could definitely work. I, I I would kind of want to see you know like Black Panther unbit, but he had to take off his uh, you know I think he had to take off an arm and mm-hmm. the other leg. Yeah, he's but like he's still crutch, but yeah, yeah he's, <laughs> he fashioned a crutch. So yeah, animated, and I want Marvel to do more animated. I'd go ahead forward with that. That one I'd be cool with. What do you think? I think it could be a moment. I think that, uh, say, in Ant-Man and the Wasp, they go into the quantum realm, and that opens up alternate realities, and that Doctor Strange goes that direction. They land in a reality where everyone's zombies. Oh. That could be fun. Like, if, if yeah. we do, like, the the Earth 616-1610 thing where there's different yeah. realities, if we get to a point where the universe starts expanding that way, awesome. Then I think Marvel zombies, they, like, get on a planet, they're like, uh. Yeah, I think that would be cool. Earth yeah. 0249 or something. Yeah. I forget I forget what, what 1249? That would work for like me. Yeah. Uh, and then Red yeah. Hulk, I could see because they brought Ross back uh, for Civil War and that character. So it'd be cool. And then and that actor is, I mean, Hurt's incredible. So his sure. voice coming out of Red Hulk would be great. But if they're likely, I don't know. All right. This week's sweaty question of the week comes from At The Roca Says. So, <laughs> I am a lifelong fan. Absolutely love everything John Schnepp and his entire amazing team. Amy Dallin, Robert Meyer Burnett. 
Koi Jandri, Marquia McCarthy, and all the other sweaties can't get enough of seeing them all the time. I live for Collider Heroes. Well, at the Roka says, thank you. What is your question? He says, what are your top five graphic novels? Well, Roka, I don't like to get into this whole top ten, top mm. five type thing. Some people do. I understand it, and it's totally cool. But for myself, I don't really have a top five mm. graphic novels. But if I did... Here's what they would be. Watchmen, Kingdom Come, Dark Knight Returns, the entire all eight volumes of Sin City, because that counts, mm-hmm. and the first 100 issues of Fantastic Four. <laughs> oh, you did not. Totally cheating, baby. You That's did three. Not. You got to read them all, baby. It's Stanley and Jack Kirby rocking your world. Man, that's... (laughs) I don't have to stick to five. So anyway, what are some of your five that you... You don't have to say five. You can say three. You can say eight. Yeah, I'm not a... Because it's like I kind of have to have a genre or a type as opposed to like, hey, top five of all time. I mean, I can... I'll, I'll list some that made a huge impact to me that I own that I will frequently go back and reread several times a year. So I don't know if that makes it my top five or makes them my favorites, but these are the ones that get a lot of read from me. Give them to us. Uh, Sandman by Neil Gaiman. Uh, Definitely with that one. Watchmen also. Um, I'm on my fifth copy of Watchmen now because I read them so much and, you know, you take it to the pool and devastation happens. Uh, Oh, one that kind of hit for me, um, and I've reread it a few times now, Manifest Destiny, and mm-hmm. um, I do heartily recommend that. Like I said, not sure if that's one of the top five, but I do read that. I wanted a lot. to check that out, but I've yeah, not read it it's yet. it's I, I like the levels. I really enjoy the levels um, and where it goes. So that one, uh, Black Panther, the client, <laughs> obviously, um, by uh, Christopher Priest, and the fifth one, um, all uh, X Men. Comics that mention Storm. There we go. That's, that, now that graphic novel might be hard to find. It's it might, in Marquia's it, mind. It, it, might, it, it might take you forever to locate all of those and then glue them together to make <laughs> this giant graphic novel. What are you? What are you? What are yours, Uh I am a big fan of you know. This is these are all super mainstream, and I'm gonna get a lot of guff. But uh, I love the first volume. Actually, it's the first two volumes of Spider-Man Deadpool, which has been collected in a graphic novel. It is. Art, it's amazing. Uh, so that uh, I would say, Craven's Last Hunt. I would say Watchmen is very important for everything comics going forward. Like since then, it, it changed the landscape, and that, that can't be uh, overstated. Um, that's three. I think. Man, I, I'm a big fan of Hush. I think Batman Hush uh, was really important to get me back into DC. And then fifth, I would say, man. I am one of the few people on the planet that loves the Clone Saga. Uh, I would say the Clone Saga as when they reconstructed it in the New Order, when they put it back together so you could read it at once. Because the Clone Saga's big problem was it had six different writers trying to end it. So all of a sudden they were like, this is selling! And then they brought more writers on. So there's like a linear uh, graphic novel that brings them all together. Because to me, Spider-Man represents underdog and power and responsibility. Ben Riley represents an identity crisis. And what do you do to a character that's so solid you throw in, like, who am I? So if you look at the character that way, Ben Riley's fascinating. So those are, those are my five. Yeah. The Clone Saga, but a very specific run. <laughs> like the, that special makes it ed- work. Yes. the special editions where they had to change stuff and add Jabba. <laughs> but uh, I would also add in uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, one of the granddaddies of all of the team-ups. So if you love Infinity Wars and want to see the DC version of that in comic form, check out Crisis. I'd also throw in The Sword, which is done by the Luna Brothers. Yeah. All of their books, Girls, all their books are amazing. The Sword is specifically really yeah, amazing. X-Men Honorable Legacy, mentions. Legion. X-Men Legacy. Sure. Yeah. That, that Legion uh, no run. Man's Land, Honorable Mention. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wicked and Divine. And... Uh, Okay, just I'm, I'm also going to chuck in because this is a list of Thanos five. Quest. Thanos <laughs> Quest. Thanos Quest. Thanos Quest. I'm going to chuck in Honorable Swamp mention. Thing. Alan Moore and Steve Bissett and John yeah. Tottleman's run on Swamp Thing and Rick Beach not leaving anybody out. It's been a sweaty episode and we're done. <laughs> so come back next week for our complete spoiler fest on Avengers Infinity War. Yes. We're going to talk about it on Monday and on Wednesday. We're going to get extra sweaty. So have fun at Infinity War and don't spoil it for all the other people who are stupid and need to get tickets or like just haven't seen it yet. If you see it Thursday, don't spoil it online. Don't talk about it. Don't give anything away. There's fans just like you seeing it 
tomorrow or the next day or the next day. Have some respect for your fellow sweaties. We're all in this together. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. The Medicare annual election period deadline is almost here. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who started their search for coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online, so he started at MyHealthPolicy.com. I took my time and found the coverage I was looking for. And done. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com and done. Switched to a better plan. And Michael. I met with a local licensed insurance agent face-to-face. And done. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to compare top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call.